0: But it's always good to do communion, eh? like just to remember what God done for each and every one of us. Sometimes we take it for granted, communion as a religious act, but it's actually something more than that. It's, it's remembering what Jesus Christ did for us. And I was just thinking in this moment that God didn't create us to be winners. Let me say that again. God didn't create us to be winners. He created us to be victorious. Let me say that again, just in case you missed that or misheard me. No, you didn't. He didn't create us to be winners because we're always, there'll be time of losing. We don't win everything, but we're victorious. We've already won the battle. The end's already done. We don't have to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow is already accomplished. Jesus Christ already died for it, you know? And so I want to remind each and every one of us this morning that you're victorious, that even though you may be losing the battle right now, but I'm telling you, you're victorious at the end of it. You're going to be a, become a better person after the battle that you're facing right now. That you may be going through depression, anxiety, you may be going through some sickness at the moment, but let me tell you this, at the end of that tunnel, you're going to be victorious like never before. That God's going to increase something within you that you've never experienced before, that you'll become uh, the better version of yourself at the end of it. Amen? Um, yeah. You're called to be victorious. You're made to be victorious. Got nothing to do with, with my message this morning, but yeah. <laughs> we continue with our Undone series. Um, uh, what did I preach about the first week? Uh, was Let It Go. Uh, I got good feedback from Let It Go because a lot of people were going through stuff and um, remembering from back in the old days, things that they keep hold of. Maybe hurt, maybe pain, but God wants you to be free today. But it requires us to let go. Yeah. Today, um, we're talking about something that I hope it challenges us. It's kind of like, a, I love self-reflection words, because it makes me examine my heart. And this is what this morning's about. Um, and the question I want to pose is, how many of us like to be reminded of things? For the man with your wife, you don't like being reminded. Hey, you said you're going to take the rubbish out. I oh, will. <laughs> and then later on, hey, you thought you're supposed to take the rubbish out? Yeah, I <laughs> You know, you're being reminded of things. And um, I, I'm just going to bring some reminders to us this morning um, in the Word of God. Um, I was inspired by a song in the last few weeks. My wife showed me a song, and it opened a conversation in my heart when listening to the song. Have you ever had that happen? Like you listen to a worship song and then it opens something in you like you didn't know that it was there? Yeah, it opened a conversation in my heart and um, when I was listening to it, I was challenged, even though it sounded beautiful and the song they were singing was amazing, but it was what they were saying that really opened my heart to something, a possibility that I never thought of. And so when thinking about it, I named this this sermon or this preaching, whatever you want to call it, this title called, Is It Enough? Is It Enough? But the song, by the way, is called, Done Enough. If you ever want to listen to it, it's called, Done Enough. But this sermon that I want to talk about this morning is, Is It Enough? And I pray this challenges you, challenge you in a way that deepens your relationship with Jesus. Because it has challenged me. The song challenged me in a way that I had to read the word in a deeper, in a deeper way, and I had to think back. And the question that, I was, uh, that it posed to me when God opened my heart with a song was, what has God done for me? Have you ever asked that question to yourself? Because you hear things like on the pulpit or people like, oh, this is what God's done for you. But have you ever asked that question to yourself? What has God done for me? Have you researched yourself within the word of God? What has God done for me? Not for anybody else, but for me. And so we're going to go answer this question in a, uh, in a few six uh, um, seconds. I'm <laughs> um, <laughs> supposed to say, no, nah, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> something out that I believe, like I know preaching is amazing. I know re- listening to podcasts is amazing. I know that listening to YouTube is awesome. I know listening to others is amazing. But there's something um, different happens when you read the word. This is secondhand information I'm giving you, because it's my revelation to you. It's only information to you, but if you take it away and actually live it, that becomes your revelation later, because it's only information. So. But I believe it's more impactful when we actually read the word ourselves, and the question that I was thinking is, what has God done for me? And so I want to tell you what God has done for me, but also you, but also me. So I'm talking to myself at the same time. So we're going to turn ourselves to Psalms 139. Psalms 139, 13 to 14, you've probably read this before, it says this, for you formed my in, inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, marvellous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. You've heard the scripture, right? But if, if someone goes, what has God done for you, what do you think about the scripture straight away? For you form my inward parts. Formed means to bring together of parts. So being formed is significant because it's done with purpose. Being formed is not accidental. It's done with purpose. So the question I want to say is, what has God done? He has done this. He formed you with purpose. Uh, This is what God has done. He's covered you in your mother's womb. He's already done that. That you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Done. Done what he's done for you. So when you think about, what has God done for me? He actually he caused purpose to me. He formed purpose to me. It's already done. Now let's turn to Philippians 2.8. I'm just gonna chuck scriptures. Philippians 2.8. And being found in appearance as a man, this is Jesus, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. You following this this morning? What has God done? He has sent his son Jesus to take the death of the cross. God humbled himself to be a man for our punishment. What has God done? He's, take, he's taken the punishment that we should have had. Any, any person or any Christian who thinks they're holier than thou, they've got to remember how they became holy. Because it's not done by their own doing. It's done by somebody else who paid the price. So that's why we can't be thinking that we are more holier than thou because we're actually equal because Jesus paid the price. He's done that for you. You know, the person that is not saved in your life, he's done it for them. This death that, that Jesus took, he done it for the person that you hate the most. He done it for the person that is your enemy, the person that has misspoken against you, he's done it for them. That's what God has done. Let's go to John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want to ask the question again, what has God done? Jesus gave up his life for the one he loves, which is you. Jesus gave up his life for the one that he loves, which is you. So the person in here who feels that they're not loved, Jesus loved you so much that he died for you. That's what he's done already. Are we all right? Are you following me? Yeah, 2 Corinthians 5.21. This is just opening a conversation. This is not a long message. This is about opening a conversation within your heart with God. So 2 Corinthians 5.21, say, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we may, that we might become the righteousness of God in him so what god what has god done he took your sin so that we may become righteous in him because he died on our behalf we're not righteous because of our own doings or our own works just because we come to church or sit in the pews or do ministry we're righteous because of him that's what he's done yeah. it's not just for you but it's for the neighbor that you hate I want to remind you, it's the neighbor that you hate, the person that has uh, miswronged you, or anybody else in this world, he's done it for them. He's just waiting for them to come back. Are you all right this morning? Ephesians 1.3. I'm just going to track scriptures, okay? Because when the Bible becomes in here in our hearts, it becomes more real. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing and heavenly places in Christ. What has God done? He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing and heavenly places. Meaning we have all the benefits of being in relationship with Jesus. If someone says you have no benefits being in relationship with Jesus, there's many benefits being in Jesus. Freedom is a benefit (laughs) of being in relationship with Jesus. We're not free because of our own doing. We're free because of Jesus Christ. And every spiritual blessing is yours in Christ. That's what something He has done for you. Ephesians 1 4. We're going to break down Ephesians 1. 1 4 says this Just as He chose us in Him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. The question I want to ask again What has He done? He has chosen you before the world began. He chose you before the world began. We cannot earn or influence God to be chosen. He's already chosen you. God didn't just choose these people in this room right now. He chose every person in this planet to be with Him. But it's the choice that we have to make whether to be with Him. Are we all right? Amen. Ephesians 1.5. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ, to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, what has God done? He has predestined us to be adopt as, uh, predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters. Predestined means marked out beforehand. It wasn't an idea later when God created you and he had like, oh man, yeah, it'd be a good idea if they become sons and daughters. No, he marked you out before the world began. Yeah, right. so if you feel like you're worthless. This will go back to that, that, that will negate what you believe about yourself. If you feel like you're nobody, this will negate that because God chose you before the world was formed. He predestined you already to be a son and daughter. He's already done it. You don't have to earn it, you don't have to do anything other than believe in Jesus Christ. Not a sinner's prayer that churches do, like, oh, you have to do the sinner's prayer to believe in Christ. No, sinner's prayer is nothing, it's here. He wants you to be part of the family, and everything Father God has, you have because you have Christ. He's already done it. Past tense. Ephesians 1.7. Just keep tracking scriptures. In him we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. What has God done for you? He has redeemed you. You can't earn redemption You won't be able to pay your redemption, but he paid it for you. So back in the old day, a slave's redemption fee, he had to pay in order to be set free. We are set free from the bonds of sin, brought into a state of forgiveness and righteousness before God because of Jesus. Jesus is the reason that we are no longer bound to sin. He has redeemed each and every one of us. You know the person that you hate the most? He's redeemed them. Redemption is not just for people in church. It's for the whole world. But it's up to them if they want to accept that redemption. Something that he's already done. I see it as this. God um, put out a blank check for your life. He signed it with his blood. And everything you've done, past, present, and future, it's paid for. There's a blank check over your life that God's paid for. See, every time you mess up and you go back to him and go, God, forgive me. He signs that blank check and go, cool, forgiven, paid for. There's this blank check that he always pays for. Are we all right this morning? Like, this is just a snippet. Like, literally, I've only given you five verses out of the whole Bible. You know, five verses out of the whole Bible. And this is just a snippet of what God has done for you. He's redeemed you, He's set you apart, He's adopted you in the family. He's done all these things, and the question I wanna ask is the title of my message. Is it enough? Is it enough? Is it enough, or are you still asking God to show you a sign? Is it enough? We, We sing songs, oh God, you're more than enough for me. But when it comes to the real world, you go, God, give me a sign, show me something. But you say, Jesus, you're more than enough. But outside there, he's not more enough. He's, he's like, God, I want more. And so the question I want to pose to us this morning, is it enough? Is it enough or are you still waiting on God? But he's already done everything. He's already put purpose in you. But is that not enough? Is it enough? Are you still saying, God, use me, but not do anything about it? This is the conversation that opened in my heart when I was listening to the song. I was like, actually, do I believe that you're more than enough? Do I really believe? I put it like this. What if God never did anything else? Would the word of God be enough for you to continue in your walk with him? Let me ask that question again. What if God did nothing else? That the Bible was it. He never answered your prayer again. Would that be enough, the word of God? Would the word of God be enough for you to continue your life with Jesus Christ? Or do you need him to prove more to you? What if God never did anything else? Would knowing the price Jesus paid for be enough? I'm opening a conversation in your heart that you've never had a conversation about. What if God never answered another prayer in your journey with him? Would it be enough knowing that he's done, would it be enough knowing what he has done to keep on going even though he hasn't answered your prayer? Amen. I put it like this. Why, is Christian, why do Christians need more proof God is God? Why do we need more proof that God is God? We ask God, give us a sign. Lord, if you do this, then I'll do this. We give an ultimatum to God, but God's already done everything that he needs to do for us to accomplish life. He actually doesn't need to do anything else. But because of his love for us, he continues to do stuff. But what if he didn't? I always remember with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, God will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we'll still not bow down to you. But that attitude we don't have in the church. We go, God, can you send me a sign? Oh, can you tell me a prophet? Oh, God, I'm going to a conference. Can you please get that prophet to speak over my life so that I know this is what I need to do? Yeah, yeah. I've done it. And the prophet never spoke over me. Does that mean God's not real? Does it mean God's not listening? Or is, that, is it that He's already given me enough to keep on going? Is it enough? Hasn't God done enough already for us to live life for him and with him? Have a think about it. Has God done enough for you so that you can live with him and live for him for the rest of your life? Or do you need more proof? The only reason why I bring this up, because the Undone series is about deepening our relationship with Jesus, right? Undoing religious mindsets. Undoing religious ties that we may have. And the song goes like this. Um, Oh, how does it go again? Oh, man, I forgot now. Let me just get the lyrics. My internet's not working. (laughs) But it basically says, even when you Even if you don't do anything else, you've already done enough for me. That's what the song says. Even if you don't do anything else, you've already done enough for me. And I opened a conversation in my heart is that, do I believe that to be true? If God never turned up, like we know his presence here, but what if he, I prayed over someone and he never turned up, do I still believe what I believe in the word of God? Is the word of God the truth of of all truths? that I can stand upon for the rest of my life and that's enough for me to keep going? Or do I need more proof? Do I need to keep asking God, God, send an angel or send a dream or send something? Or is what God has done already enough for me to keep going? I was thinking about it. Does God need to come down as his flesh again and die on a cross in front of everybody so that we can believe again? Do we need to hit rock bottom so that we can just see Jesus? Be honest, I I had to hit rock bottom to see Jesus. And my aim in life is to make sure no one needs to go back to rock bottom, but they'll come from our ceiling upwards. My parents, when they raised us, they made sure that we didn't start where they started, but we started where they finished for us. And they're still going but they've created a ceiling for us. Do you need to wait, or do you need to be a near-death situation to believe? Or is what God has already done for you enough to keep on going? Church, the question is, is it enough? And I think we need to ask that in ourselves. Like, whoa, that's a good question. Is that are you actually enough? Is knowing you enough to keep on going in life? Believing what the word of God says. Trusting in your word. Despite whether or not you, uh, you answer my prayers. Despite that you come and do what I prayed for. Despite all that, do I still believe what I believe? And still I still keep on going? Just because you didn't turn up. And I always go back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Always go back to that moment. Even if God doesn't turn up. We will still not bow down to your statue. But we have a the church today is willing to bow down to whatever just to get more proof that God is God. But God's already done enough for us to do amazing things in this world. Yeah. I, I only pick those scriptures because all those scriptures are around you and your future. Redemption is just not in one-time moment, but He redeemed you for life. Purpose is not just this one-time moment. Purpose is for your life. He's already put purpose in you. And with purpose, everything in life that you need to accomplish is attached to that purpose. God doesn't have to give you more. He's already given it to you. You don't have to ask for more. He's already given it to you. So why isn't that enough? Why do we have to keep going, God, please do this. God, please do that for me to believe. See, we need to be a people that even if God doesn't turn up, when we pray for someone, we continue praying. Amen. Don't be disheartened if God doesn't answer the prayer that you prayed for. Keep on praying. Amen. Are we all right this morning? We need to be a people that even if, even if God seems silent in our situation, that we continue to lean in Him and trust Him at His word. Not at Jordan's voice, but at His word. Not at your neighbor's voice, but at His word. Trusting them at his word, because his word brings life, not Jordan's voice, not your neighbor's voice, not the church's voice, but the word of God brings life to you. We need to be a people that even if God doesn't move or give us the answer that we want, that what he's done before is enough to keep on going. We're always seeking the new move of God, but God's already done enough for us to keep on going. But then I remember in Ecclesiastes, I think, that nothing is new under the sun. Everything that we call new is old to him. Everything we call new is old to him. We go, God, we need a new move. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to bring in the same move that I did in the Garden of Eden. Here you go. It's nothing new to him. But what if he didn't give us the answers that we want? What if he didn't turn up the way we wanted him? That we should still continue believe and trusting in him, him at his word, because that is enough. Yeah. We will not waver. Because he didn't answer a prayer, we still won't waver. We won't surrender. We won't be moved by feelings. Christianity today is a lot about feelings and emotions, the way we feel the goosebumps of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's not a goosebump. He's a person that walks in the room, that his presence is tangible and thick. That when you walk past somebody, you know something's different because it's tangible. It's not a goosebump where you get bumps on your thing because Beyonce's singing. We will not be moved by feelings, but we're not, we won't be moved by emotions. We will not walk away. But what God has done before is enough for us for the rest of our life. That's the truth that I want us to get to this morning, is that what he's done before is enough for me today and for the rest of my life. Even if he doesn't turn up, that's okay. I'm going to keep trusting him in his word. Even if I pray for this person for healing and they don't get healed at that moment, I'm going to keep trusting him and keep praying. Even when we pray for a situation in our life and it doesn't turn out the way we want it, we keep trusting because what he's done already is enough. We've got to stop asking God to prove himself. He's already done it. When I think about uh, me getting saved, you know, has, like think about that moment when you got saved, when you asked Jesus to come into your life. Think about it. And you, there's like a sense of freedom that comes on you when you ask God to come into your life, like there's a weight that's lifted up. Were you thinking about the future in that moment? No. Why? Because God was enough. When you got saved, you didn't think about, oh, my purpose or blah, blah, all this other stuff. In that moment, you're like, God's enough for me. But when we go through our Christian walk, Christianity becomes harder and harder because we start using this the dumb way. We start using theology over spirit. And so I was like, God, when I think about, take me back, take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you, I thought about it that way. Take me back where I first received you, where nothing else mattered but you. When I walked out of the church, it was just about him. It doesn't matter what he, if he turned up or not, he's already set me free. But for some reason, Christianity became more complicated because we started thinking of this in theology over, like, God's already freed me. So why do I have to worry anymore? Like, God's already freed me. Why do I have to worry about all that stuff? Even if he doesn't turn up again, he's already freed me. And if you think about when you got saved, he freed you, you didn't think about anything else. That's how God wants us to live. Whether he's more than enough, whether he turns up or not, he's more than enough. Whether he answers your prayer, he's more than enough. And I'm not saying that he's not going to answer prayer because he's a God and he loves us so much that he will answer your prayer. He's God, he will make sure he'll move in your life and refresh again. I'm not saying that he won't do that, but what if he doesn't? Is it enough that Jesus died for you? Is it enough that he freed you from sin and that the very thing that was chaining you down doesn't chain you anymore? Is that enough to keep going for Christ for the rest of your days? Is it enough? Yes, I want God to move fresh in my life. Yes, I want God to answer the prayers that I pray. But when I was going through um, the song and God opened this conversation in my heart for the last few weeks, I've been having this honest conversation with God and saying, you've already done enough for me to keep going. Yeah. Whether we fill the auditorium downstairs or not, you've already done enough. Yeah. Whether or not that we can change all Wainui matter, you've still done enough. We'll just keep doing what we need to do. We'll keep pushing into our purpose. we we'll keep loving on people. we we'll keep encouraging our community and our families. We'll keep on doing that. But even if you don't turn up, God, it's all good because you're more than enough. And the question I want to pose to you in your heart is what God done in your life, if you think about it right now, why has God done in my life? Is that enough for me to keep going? Or do I need to keep asking God for proof that he's still God? Chris, you can come up. Is it enough? Why don't you just close your eyes for a moment? Just really look at your heart and go ask the question Is it enough? Or have you been that person go, God, show me or show me more signs or (laughs) get a preacher to tell me something, or get someone to tell me something. But if you truly believe the word of God and believe everything that God's already said and done for your life, is that enough for you to keep going? Just think about it. I had to have that conversation this week with myself. It was a hard conversation. But I'm okay. If God never turned up again in physical form, I'm okay about that because he's already freed my life. It's enough what he's done. He died already. He's already put my life in purpose. He's formed me. He's redeemed me. He's done all these things for me. He's already set me up to live life to the fullest and even if he doesn't do anything else, I'm fine with that because my life's already set up in him and I want to encourage you to this morning. God's already set your life up for him. He's given you all the tools necessary to accomplish life today and for the rest of your life. But just ask that question, is it enough? And if it hasn't been enough, I want to ask you to go to God and go, God, I want you to be the sole reason of everything that I do, that you will be more than enough for me. That even if things don't go to my plans, you're still more than enough. And you come to a place to be okay with that. I believe when we come to that place, God's going to do more in you like never before. So God, I just ask right now, you speak to each and every one of us that we'll have a conversation with you in our own time this week and reflect on what you have done. Lord God, you're more than enough. And so Father, we thank you for all the things that you've already set us up with and we give you thanks that you didn't leave us as orphans but you predestined us to, to be adopted as sons and daughters. And so Father, we thank you for that. We thank you you've already redeemed us. Thank you that we're righteous because of you. We are holy in you. And that, Lord God, that you're still going to do amazing things in and through us. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name.